Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, first question, who's your favorite guest that we've ever had on this podcast? He's the guy who's joining us once again, Joey, Cam Underwood. Mr. Cam Underwood of stateoftheu.com on the ASB Nation Network covering none other than the Miami Hurricanes, our our beloved. Uh, Cam, welcome back. Good to have you on the program again. Guys, it's been way too long. I always mess with you on Twitter and everything about, you know, getting me back. But uh, it's it's old home week. You know, we were talking for 20 minutes before recording and whatnot just because we're just such good friends. So uh, <laughs> I, I love the fact that you guys invited me back. It's a big week, obviously, with the rivalry game for Miami. But it's always good to be here on the basketball conference. So I'm, I'm excited. Well, it's that time of year to get you back on. Like you said, it is a big week. Uh, Miami hosting Florida State, always a, a major rivalry game, one of the most uh, visible rivalry games across the country that goes on in the ACC. So let's just jump right in. Let's start right there. 3.30 on ABC, the Florida State Seminoles on the road in Coral Gables against your number 17 Miami Hurricanes cam. The Canes lay in 13.5 in this game. It's a huge line, totals 48.5. And yet we talked a little bit before the podcast. I I think that you're feeling fairly confident even with this big number. Miami just an objectively better football team than Florida State as far as what we've seen so far this year. Uh, you heard Joey say it, so don't come at me about it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, um, uh, well, and, you know, the game is in Miami Gardens because we do not have an on-campus stadium because we play at an NFL stadium, and everybody knows that. So going to Miami Gardens, not to Coral Gables, uh, to be perfectly accurate. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know I was in Dallas for the opener against LSU, and I know that that was a terrible game, and most people turned off the game at 33-3, LSU beating Miami. And you know, he had a couple of cosmetic touchdowns after that, but, you know, Miami's quietly done exactly what Miami needs to do in the last four weeks, blowing teams out, winning by an average of 27.5 points. That margin would be larger if not for playing second and third string people against FIU and letting that margin get a little bit closer. Um than that, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, Miami is starting to click um, on many cylinders. The defense has been pretty dominant all year long. Uh, I know, obviously, in the LSU game, you gave up the one 50 yard touchdown run. You gave up a couple other things on some short fields because the offense wasn't really helping out. But Miami, like I said, has quietly done what Miami needs to do. And in years past, even with Mark Richt at the helm, even last year and the year before, uh, you know, games against inferior opponents were close. This year, games against inferior opponents have not been close. So that is a step in the positive direction. So, yeah, I do believe that Miami is the better team. I think that that is pretty much clear. Um, And just like I said to you guys right before we started recording, and I've said this before, I've written it, I've said it on radio and all kinds of other places. If you put up anonymous blind stat profiles for Miami and Florida State and you took them to random college football fans, you said, okay, team A or team B, removing all the names, removing all the context that are, you know, the pre, uh, you know, the, the, the preconceived notions of the teams. If you just took anonymous stat profiles of those teams and said, who's going to win? People would pick the Miami profile team to win by three or four touchdowns. Um, and when you put on the context of, oh, it's a rivalry game, it's the name of Florida State, things like that change. But I think that Miami is a better team, period. And I've you know thought that they were going to do some, some numbers against Florida State in recent years, and I think that's going to continue this year. Yep, fair enough. That's how I feel about it, too. Florida State, I saw them in person that same opening weekend, Cam. I was in Tallahassee. Uh, we were all enjoying the Miami game, as you can imagine. Um, but, but, uh, with that being said, we go into the game on that Monday night and I was as surprised as everybody else was about Virginia tech upsetting Florida state at that time. Not anymore. Uh, of course, Virginia tech goes, they lose old dominion, whatever. Neither teams might be any good. I don't know. We'll find out, uh, onto this game, Florida state 
can't block Miami up front. Um, they can't block anybody up front. That's the problem. Uh, Joey, I'm going to go with the let's just put into Andre Francois's hands and see what happens and pray because Florida State cannot run the football and they can't protect Francois. And this is a very good front seven that Miami has. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. Oh, and it's on the road. And Nikosi Perry is now on the other side playing quarterback, something that we have been yelling for. Yes. For what? Two years easily. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Cam and I. Yeah, Cam and I have been fighting the good fight on Twitter against literally every single Miami fan that's been in that fashion <laughs> about Malik Rozier and how great he is for better or worse. Um, we've been fighting that good fight together, mm-hmm. and now we don't have to fight anymore. Nikosi Perry certainly looks a lot better, and we'll see how he plays against a Florida State defense that's held up pretty well so far, despite a offense that's been less than stellar. So. We'll find out how good Florida State's defense is in this football game because this is the first true offensive competition they've faced, in my opinion, in Miami. Um, I think they'll be fine, but it's not going to be enough to win this game because of what's going to happen on the other side of the field. DeAndre Francois does a pretty good job taking care of the football overall, but I think the issue is going to be the fact that Florida State's going to become one-dimensional in this football game because they haven't run the ball against really anybody all year. I don't see them running the ball this Saturday against Miami. Uh, 13 and a half seems like a big number. I'm not sure it's really all that big. Uh, I like Miami to win this game by 14 to 17 points. I think they win this game and cover at home. Mike, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm really disappointed to hear that, that week one, you were really enjoying watching our beloved Miami Hurricanes struggling against those dirty LSU Tigers. That's that's really upsetting that, that you were enjoying that. That's that's very sad. Yeah. Um, Cam, here's my thing with this game. And, and what we have said so far, everything, yes, Florida State has been a bit of a mess on offense. Their defense has struggled to finish games as their offense struggles to stay on the field. Miami has looked like a, a much more complete team for a month now. My biggest problem with this, with wanting to lay two touchdowns with Miami is the way that you have talked about this game in the past, this just this general rivalry series, is that this game seems to transcend objective football logic. And that, that's that's the problem here. Is, is Miami a better team right now than Florida State? Yes. Put them on the same field. Is that going to hold up? Maybe, maybe not. You know, and it – you could flip the names in any given year and it's the same thing. Right. And so I think that's, that's my biggest hang up here. What makes me nervous about trying to, again, a, a huge point spread here. I, I, that's, that's what I'm worried about. I mean, I mean, are you kind of in that place or you just, just can't see it with Florida state yet? I just can't see it for Florida state, but I do agree that I have said that, you know, the, the rivalry game between Miami and Florida state does transcend normal football knowledge. Uh, even, you know, the, the players and coaches have said it, you know, this week, even on both sides, like we're trying harder, you know, there is just a, more of a focus guys have, excuse me, played with and against each other from the optimist level. I mean, third grade football all the way up through middle school, through high school, uh, you know, they played, you know, Miami Central, Miami Northwestern, you know, on the same and different teams, you know, wherever you go in the state of Florida, there's so many guys who have such a close connection. And obviously, everybody's going to be watching. It's ACC football. It's ABC, 3.30 p.m. national television. You know, everybody wants to be there. Obviously, so many guys on both teams are from Miami. It's going to be a packed house. I'm going to be getting there at about 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning for tailgating. It's going to be awesome. I actually finally got coverage for this full week from the website, so I get to be a fan fully this week, uh, which is awesome. I've never actually worked a home Miami-Florida State game because I like to let loose. I like to actually be a fan. Because I'm an alum of Miami, like I want to, you know, just kind of let that go. But yeah, it's going to be a big game. And you know, like I said, the, all everybody associated said, "Look, we're trying harder." Florida State, okay, our offensive line, we're staying after. We're watching more stuff. The defensive backs, okay, we're really working on our communication because there were guys running butt naked, wide open, doing backflips and cartwheels in the LSU or the uh, Louisville game last week. But Jawan Pass uh, is not actually good at doing what his last name says he should be able to do. Um, so you know, he missed some guys, missed four or five touchdowns, and uh, you know, Florida State was able to come back and win, obviously. And Bobby Petrino had the worst play call in the history of life, as I know that you guys had as the ACC go ACC moment of the week. But yeah, I, I even, even with Miami, Florida state transcending general football knowledge, 
I just think that Florida State is not very good right now. And I think that Miami is demonstrably better. And even with both teams trying harder, that gap is still going to be pretty sizable. So for me, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Miami and I'm going to take those points. Let's go. You're going to lock that one up? I'm going to lock that up. That's going to be my pick of the week. Um, Damn. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to start really early. I'm coming out hot. I'm coming out firing. Um, so uh, in a, a question and answer with uh, the a Florida State website, I just finished that up and I said 38 to 20 Miami wins. And last time I did my math, 18 is larger than 13 and a half. Therefore, I picked them to cover already. Um and even talking with other people, Mike just said 14 to 17. Bud Elliott said uh, before or last week when he was doing his pre-handicapping, he would have put the number at 16 and a half, which is larger than 13 and a half. So pretty much anybody that I know and trust is saying that Miami should win by more than that. And I just really believe that, you know, Miami's not beaten Florida State at home since 2004. I think that Miami's rolling. I think these last four weeks have really given this team an identity. Um and just a purpose even more, you know, especially because of losing the LSU game. But, you know, just like Mike alluded to, look, we finally went to Nikosi Perry, who is the talent at quarterback. I mean, he's six foot four. He's 195 pounds. He has a rocket arm. He can run the offense. Just the whole team looks different in a very tangible way with him out there. And I know that this is his first game, but, you know, he was a. Uh, you know, Mr. Football runner up as a junior in high school. He was the 6A player of the year at Ocala Vanguard High School. He shattered records that had previously been set by Dante Culpepper of UCF and Minnesota Vikings and Miami Dolphins fame when he was in high school. This kid can play. And I know that we haven't seen a lot of him at the college level because for whatever reason, Mark Rick went with Malik Rogier. But you you guys know I've been all in on the Nicosi train for two years, me and Mike, just saying, hey, Malik Rozier's not that good. Now that Ferrari that we've been like just keeping in the in the back, I mean, y'all know my first name's Cameron, right? Or Cameron, but whatever. Uh, if you've seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? You know, Cameron's dad had that awesome car that he just kept there to look at. But finally, you put that thing on the road and you're going 95 and it's just smooth. That's what Nikosi Perry is for this offense. I think that Miami wins. I think that Miami wins fairly convincingly. And yeah, that's going to be my pick of the week. Lock it up. Damn, right out the gate. All right, here's where I'm at. There's two big things I've got on this game that I'm going to use in my pick here. Number one, I trust Miami a lot more to play a full 60 minutes than I trust Florida State right now. Again, their defense tends to wear down as their offense struggles throughout the game, and by by the fourth quarter, they're struggling to keep up. Number two, a bit on a related note, is the, the biggest thing that Florida State's been able to succeed on on offense is anything involving DeAndre Francois in the passing game. Problem is, with the way that they've been blocking for him and what Miami's front seven can do, DeAndre Francois better be doing extra sessions in the chapel this week and praying because – Oh, I mean, my God. My goodness gracious. it's That might be real bad. <laughs> real bad. Um, so, I, I think I'm with you guys. Let's lay 13-and-a-half. Miami covers and, and wins comfortably. We're laying 13-and-a-half in a rivalry game. I yeah, we are. Bloody. Yeah, we are. Mike, it's our beloved Miami Hurricanes. We, we couldn't do anything else here. Good Lord. No other way about it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and don't think I don't hear you over here at the Joy and Mike Hate Miami podcast trying to mollify me with that. I hear you guys. You better not be reverse jinxing me, or I swear to God, I will find you, and I know I, where you guys live both. I will put I will, I will put money on this game, Cam. I'm, I mean, I'm on, I'm on fire lately, so let's keep it going. Amen to that. Don't know what you're talking about, Cam. Let's move on. Friday evening, 7 o'clock on ESPN, my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, a four-point road favorite in Louisville taking on the Cardinals. First time these teams have ever matched up, which is interesting. Um, also, we get a, a good look at the notorious BVG trying to defend the Georgia Tech offense, which should be a whole thing. Everything about this game in my head tells me that Georgia Tech's a better team, tells me that they should beat Louisville. And for that reason, I'm taking Louisville in the points and taking Louisville outright because I need to do some emotional hedging or something because I, I don't trust Georgia Tech on the road at all until I see it. There is no analysis here. It's just straight up. They can't win on the road. Give me Louisville 28-24 winners over Georgia Tech. That's it. Cam, Cam is crying. <laughs> right. Dude, Louisville, Joey, Louisville is so, so bad. They're Agreed. So bad. Very bad. Very bad at football. Defensive coordinator still sucks. Doesn't matter who it is. Still sucks. Petrino hired him. So. Agreed. Bad. Um, Jawan Pass can't complete a pass. Cam's alluded to that a couple different times. Uh Interesting. I mean, um, I watched Bowling Green nearly shred this Georgia Tech defense last week. They only got 17 points, but they threw for like 400 yards. So, 
keep that in mind. That's yeah, the only problem is Jawan Pass doesn't know up from down at this point. So <laughs> that's that's the issue I'm running into here. Georgia Tech is going to win this game easily. 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 Can't believe it's only four. Cannot believe it's only four. I think Georgia Tech win this game by 10 to 13 points. Nothing about watching this Louisville team gives me any shred of any inkling, like literally any reason to pick them. They're very bad. Georgia Tech, they might be bad too, but they're not as bad as Louisville. Give me Georgia Tech. They win and cover on the road for once. They get it done. Camp? Yeah, no, I, I agree with Mike. I mean, just I know that, you know, okay, Georgia Tech and Louisville are both 0-2 in conference so far, but I mean, Louisville, Louisville's bad and they barely lost to Florida State. So if you're backing that up to the Florida State Miami game, like that's not really a good team. And I know they're gonna try harder, but like, dude, like, okay, bowling green through all over. Georgia Tech. Bowling Green, that's what they do. That's what they have done. Going back to Urban Meyer, going back to Demo Babers, and in the MAC conference, you just throw the ball around and like eventually you're going to run a little bit, but that's what teams of that ilk do, especially Bowling Green Falcons. So them having success through the air is a thing that they've been built for, so I'm not necessarily going to spin that forward, especially with Jawan Pass, who can't do what his last name says he should be able to do, um, as I've said before. So yeah, I just really think that Georgia Tech is going to come out, and uh, Joey, you were talking earlier about the the budding coaching rivalry between Paul oh, Johnson yes. and uh, Bobby Petrino, so I, I would love to see that boil over into some kind of a thing, but I could see either guy just, you know, in the let's be jerks kind of mold, like, you know, running it up on the other guy, but I don't think that Louisville's really good. I don't think that Juwan Pass is going to be able to have the success that the Bowling Green quarterback, whatever his name is and whoever it is, because nobody knows, uh, had against Georgia Tech. So, yeah, I, I'm not as bullish as Mike, but, yeah, give me Georgia Tech by a touchdown. Yeah, for those unaware, Bobby Petrino came out yesterday. We're recording this Wednesday evening. He came out yesterday griping about how the gold numbers on Georgia Tech's jerseys at home made it hard for film study because you couldn't really see who the players were. Which, by the way, Bobby Petrino, if you think that your team's biggest issue right now is that you can't identify individual player tendencies on your opponent, I've got bad news for you. Um, But then Paul Johnson comes back this afternoon saying something about how maybe Bobby just needs to get some glasses, and I'll be damned if I am not here for this kind of nonsense from Paul Johnson and Bobby Petrino. Here for it. Yes, please. Um, yeah, I look, you guys are totally right. I mean, everything objectively about this game tells me that Georgia Tech should win it. I just can't trust him on the road. I can't trust Jaquan Marshall on the road. He hasn't won a road game. People will remember him from putting up 250 rushing yards on Tennessee to start the year last year. And he's had some fantastic performances at home, but you go on the road and everything just seems to go sideways for this team. And I, I can't explain it. I don't know that anybody can at this point, but I hope they win. I'll be wearing a Georgia Tech shirt in the Georgia Tech section at this game Friday night. Um, so look for me on camera. I'll probably be looking like irritated or questionable or something. I don't know. But I, I hope they win. I just, I just, I'm not going to pick them to do so until I see them do it. So give me Louisville outright. I, I said 28-24. Let's bump that up a little bit. Let's go like 34-28. I think it's a little higher scoring. I think Louisville's going to be able to move the ball. I don't know, dude. That's it. Mike, you said 10 minus 4? I said, yeah, I got Georgia Tech minus 4. And I'm locking it up, Joey. Woo! I'm locking it up. I, God, can, Damn you, you Mike. Said, you said 34-28. Can Louisville score 14 points? <laughs> like... Against this defense, they can. This is a this is a bad defense. It's a pretty bad offense too, though. I don't know. Louisville I mean, definitely said can. that last week too, but you know they were Louisville had wide open guys that they missed. I mean, you there's no reason that they shouldn't have had four or five more touchdowns. But I mean, I don't I don't trust them to execute. I don't think that really either quarterback that they have is the answer. So yeah, Georgia Tech by a touchdown. Let's go. It it is actually I'm curious to see uh, which which quarterback wins the rock paper scissors battle in the game in the uh, locker room before the game and comes out for Louisville because at this point it really could be either one. Um, yeah, Louisville thirty four, Georgia Tech twenty eight. I hope it goes the other way and I hope uh, hope my team wins. We'll report back. Let's move on to Saturday, gentlemen. Eight o'clock on ABC. This is actually probably the most uh, most national nationally relevant game of the weekend in the ACC. The number twenty four Virginia Tech Hokies. A six-point home dog to the number six Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Mike, you sound uh, you sound a little bit fired up to uh, take these points with the Hokies. 
I am going to this football game, and I could not be more excited about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Notre Dame is a six-point favorite. That seems like a lot of points until you look at the Virginia Tech defense and their complete and total inability to tackle in the secondary which is ironic because they have a couple of potential All-Americans in that defensive backfield. So, how do I feel about this game? Uh, not very good this year. <laughs> not good this year. Maybe in the future, when some of these young guys get a little bit better. Not right now. Um, Notre Dame found a quarterback, boys. Ian mm-hmm. Book seems like he might be all right. And if he's all right, Notre Dame might be a playoff dark horse maybe with that schedule seems like they could win 12 um this might be their toughest game remaining on their schedule i know they go out they play usc at the end of the year they have a random game against northwestern in there after going out to play in san diego against navy there are a couple weird games left this is the toughest atmosphere that notre dame will play in the rest of the year As for Virginia Tech on the other side, great bounce back win against Duke last weekend. Ryan Willis looks like the real deal at quarterback. Uh, Looks like he might have been the better quarterback. Uh, But he's a gunslinger, and he's going up against a Notre Dame secondary that is absolutely outstanding. They have a very good pass rush, and I worry a bit about Virginia Tech's ability to block Notre Dame's front seven. Give me this... This uh, hurts because I'll be in the stands. Give me Notre Dame to cover six, barely. Um, I wouldn't bet this game. I think Notre Dame on a neutral side is probably a touchdown to 10 points better. You go down to Blacksburg, it's a tough atmosphere to play in in prime time and all that. But Virginia Tech hasn't really played all that well in prime time in the last, I don't know, five years. So you got all that working. I don't know. Notre Dame wins, I think, and I think they cover. I sound real convinced here now. <laughs> I don't know. Let's find out together. Cam, uh, you you feeling more confident in his Hokies than he is? Um, well, first of all, let me let me circle back. Virginia Tech played really, really well in prime time in Week One, so let's not overlook that. That's a friend. really, really, really bad team. Hey, who, who, you know who was that against? Who was that against? The Florida State Seminoles in the opener, but that was not a team that people thought would be three and two with a couple not. of year misses. Again, I mean, like, and Florida State could realistically be one and four right now, and it's yep. not a far stretch to think so. I mean, Samford and Louisville gave them all that they could handle. So, uh, yeah, obviously not the same Bobby Bowden. <laughs> I what? can't believe I can't believe that's a sentence we're saying in 2018. Samford gave Florida State all they could handle, but they did. They did. Like, where's the lie? Like, I mean that that was a game into the late fourth quarter. I think it was like five minutes left, and when they finally pulled away, obviously Louisville. I mean, without the stupidest play call that I've seen in recent memory, you know, I would, they win that game. So, I mean, it's not a far cry to think that you know Florida State could be one and four right now, but they're not. But in any event, Virginia Tech did play very well in prime time and beat them. Um, and I think that Virginia Tech is going to show some things this week, going back to you know this current game. Um, and I just don't think that they have enough. I think that they're a little bit too green in the defensive backfield. Um, and I want to say to Notre Dame fans that you're welcome for Ian Book because I think he grew from that iconic pick six that he threw to Trajan Bandy at Hard Rock Stadium last November. He grew from that and became the quarterback that you're seeing now. So I know that you hated getting beat down by Miami 41 to eight last year. If you're a Notre Dame fan and you're listening to this, but that moment was a seminal moment. And that was a transformational moment for Ian book, who is now leading your team. So you guys are welcome for that. Um, but yeah, I just think that, you know, since they, you know, and, and the, the, the mantra like a couple weeks ago was, or across the nation was really changing quarterbacks to the new Vanguard. You had, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. You had Ian Book at Notre Dame. You have Nikosi Perry at Miami. And a couple other guys also uh, throughout the country whose names I don't remember. But my point is there were multiple quarterback changes. And I think that Notre Dame is a demonstrably better team because of theirs, just like I said Miami is as well. So I think that Notre Dame is going to win probably in the 7 to 10 range uh, just because they're a little bit bigger, faster, stronger, and better right now. But I think it's going to be a game into the third quarter. 
By the way, real quick while we're talking about Florida State's near miss to Samford, I just want to bring up – we've got breaking news here. Since the near miss to Florida State, Samford has lost to Mercer, UT Chattanooga, and Kennesaw State. Just throwing that out there. Yikes. They are, they are winless in the FCS. Just throwing it out there. Um, I think I'm with you guys. I Notre Dame has looked like a like an, just a significantly different team since changing to Ian Book a couple of weeks ago, their offense is just miles more effective and their defense was already really good. And that's, I think it's that defense that's going to make a huge difference here is I don't know how Ryan Francis is going to do throwing into that defense. I know that Virginia tech struggles to run the ball already. So moving the ball is going to come into premium for the Hokies. I, I think that they're going to make a couple shots, especially against a Hokie secondary that has struggled at times against some of these more vertical attacks. So I think I'm with you guys. I'm going to lay the six with Notre Dame. Maybe uh, let's go Irish win 27-17. And, Mike, I'm just not realizing that this is the week where my team plays my team and your team plays your team. That's kind of an interesting place to be as a college football fan. It is. But here we are. <laughs> oh, you fake fans with your multiple teams. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I, are, guess, I can't believe I can't believe that I shot that shot and I got silence back from that. That's awesome. Eh? <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> eh? He's not wrong. All right. Uh, we all agree then Notre Dame minus six. Um, Seems I, like a lot, but maybe not. I would think that there's there's a better chance that Notre Dame blows out Virginia Tech here than Virginia Tech winning outright. I think I it's would agree. Tough, I mean, tough place to play. Virginia Tech has had their moments, and they looked pretty good last week against Duke and all that. But it's Duke. I, I think we might be watching playoff Notre Dame here, and, and I think they might be getting there. So, yeah, let's lay the six with Notre Dame and Blacksburg. 3.30 on ESPN, the number four Clemson Tigers, an 18-point road favorite in Winston-Salem against the Wake Forest Steeman Deacons. Cam, are you uh, – are you a little scared of Wake here if you're uh, if you're Clem a Clemson fan? Um, not really. Trevor I mean, Lawrence is supposed to be playing. Exactly, Trevor Lawrence is going to be back, so he's going to supposed to be playing. I know that Wake Forest does have that unique offense. Uh, I know Greg George is a beast. Uh, he was as a freshman, and then he tore his ACL diving into the end zone. No, no, no. He had like a punctured spleen or something that. Uh, he dove into the end zone and the pylon. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Super got it. So weird he, injury. Yeah. No, it was a punctured small intestine. He almost died. He went straight to the hospital after the game. Uh, missed the rest of the season, obviously. But he's come back and he has over 500 yards and five touchdowns already. So he's a beast and everything. I know that they're going to be keyed up because, you know, much like when Miami goes on the road anywhere or at home, like Miami is going to get everybody's best shot. Clemson, even more so. Clemson, you know, obviously – three-time playoff um, team, uh, 2000, what was that, 16 national champions. They take the show on the road. That's the biggest show that pretty much anybody's going to get. So, obviously, Wake Forest is going to be keyed up. I just don't see how they're going to stop them. Travis Etienne in the run game. Tavian Feaster was a five-star recruit a couple of years ago. He barely sees the field. They have wide receiver on top of wide receiver on top of wide receiver. Sunshine Lawrence, I've been watching that kid since Miami offered him as a sophomore in high school a few years ago. And I knew then that he was the truth. And he's met and exceeded my expectations from then. Um, so, yeah, he gets back in the game. He's going to get going. I think the Clemson's going to roll here. And, and obviously, you know, the Clemson defensive line uh, playing very well. Trayvon Mullen. Um, who's a Coconut Creek uh, native from down here in South Florida, he looks like he could be a potential first-round draft pick at uh, cornerback as well. Uh, Clemson's just loaded. Clemson's on a mission. They had a couple close scares, obviously, against Syracuse uh, last week and things like that, but I don't think this one's going to be close. I think that Clemson's going to sufficiently uh, flex their muscles um, down in Winston-Salem at, at Wake Forest, so give me Clemson. I thought that Wake Forest might cover against Notre Dame a couple weeks ago, and whoops. Um, yeah yeah and I think Clemson is better than Notre Dame and there's nothing that makes me believe coming off of that game a couple weeks ago that makes me believe anyway that Wake Forest can cover against a better team than Notre Dame so give me Clemson to win and cover on the road in Winston-Salem Um, I think it's a nice bounce back day for the offense I think Trevor Lawrence hopefully he's able to stay on the field Um, defensively uh, Wake Forest is not Syracuse. So Sam Hartman's nice. I think he'll be a nice player for Wake Forest for a while, but that's 
this is not the Syracuse offense. So give me Clemson to win this thing comfortably here. Mike, it's funny that you mentioned that Clemson is a better team than Notre Dame because I was going to ask you if, if this week Clemson plays Notre Dame on a neutral field, who you got, you, you would say Clemson? Uh, I don't know about right now. Yeah, I don't know if I can say that right now. Maybe, uh, well, I mean, I think by season's end, we can probably say Clemson. Like once Trevor Lawrence is a little bit more, I don't know, in the weeds as the starter, right? Once mm-hmm. he's got a few more snaps under him, I think we can talk about Clemson in the context of them being a lot better than Notre Dame or at least just being outright better. Uh, but yeah, right now on a neutral site, I'm not sure. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at is... I think we all agree that Clemson's a really good team and just loaded down with talent and all that. But in a lot of ways this year, they they haven't dominated teams in the way that you expect them to for how good we think they are, right? You know, like beating Georgia Southern 38-7, to seven, that, that's the kind of thing that Georgia Tech does, not an Alabama or a, a, you know, a Clemson or an Ohio State would. Th- things like that is kind of what you've seen from Clemson. I think that they – I don't know if they're just not trying to totally boat race people or what, but I'm a little bit, I think I'm going to take the points here with Wake Forest. I don't, I don't think that they're going to win by any stretch, but I think at some point I could see in the third, late in the third, fourth quarter, something like that. You take your foot off the gas. You've got a somewhat banged up Trevor Lawrence, pull him out of the game. You got a bye week coming up, try to get healthy. You know, don't, don't do too much. And I, I could see Wake Forest getting a backdoor cover here. Um, they're again, the Clemson's defense too. They should be able to just make life a, a living hell for Sam Hartman this week. But I just, again, I just don't know that we've really seen it from them in the way that we, we thought we would or keep expecting to. And so give me Wake Forest in 18, but I, I will take Clemson outright. I, I think it'll be a fairly higher scoring game. Maybe go, uh, what 38, 24 would put us right at the number the total 62 and a half. 38-24 would put us there, but Wake would cover. I think there's just too many points to give up with Clemson right now, given what we saw from Trevor Lawrence last week and the, the struggle against Syracuse. Going on the road to Winston-Salem, all this. Give me the Deeks. I'll take the Deeks to cover. All right. I don't know. Maybe, I'm a crazy point, huh? maybe I'm a crazy man. I, I am, uh, I'm going contrarian on a couple of these this week, so – Maybe uh maybe this is where the the, the, the hot streak dies. I've been uh, pretty good on the picks so far this year, but maybe I'm getting too maybe I'm not thinking it. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, there's Skip Bayless, Colin Coward, completely intentional contrarian. I see you. But hey, those guys are my idols if you know nothing else about me. Oh, uh. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Twelve thirty on the ACC Network Extra. Boston College on the road in Raleigh against the number twenty three NC State Wolfpack. The Wolfpack, a four and a half point home favorite. A.J. Dillon, the D-Train, is a game-time decision, Mike. And, like, I I was kind of even forgetting a little bit about the fact that he was a little bit banged up. I think I like NC State four and a half here. NC State's been playing good football. They can really – Ryan Finley's having a good year. I I don't love their defense, but I don't, like, really hate it either. I I think get that game at home, and especially what you know, if they can bottle them up and make Anthony Brown throw the ball, I think I like the Wolfpack here to cover four and a half. It's a low number. You mentioned AJ Dillon as a game time decision. Boston College on the road, game time decision. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a very interesting game here on Saturday. Is NC State any good? Well, I think they beat a Virginia team that might be decent. Uh, maybe, right? It would have been a nice measuring stick to have that West Virginia game that got canceled. It would be really nice to know what NC State actually looks like against a team that's pretty good. Uh, We don't know a ton about NC State, Boston College. Well, I mean, they were ranked for a second, and then they blew it against Purdue. So that's where we're at with BC. Without A.J. Dillon, this is a real struggle. With A.J. Dillon, still might be pretty tough, especially on the road. I think NC State wins. I am not feeling great about this line at all without knowing A.J. Dillon's status. And I guess, you know, if he's a game-time decision, I'm just going to assume that he goes. Um, I think he'll be less than 100%, obviously. I think NC State wins this game at home in Raleigh, and they cover. Barely. Barely. 
Mike, you're gonna take you're gonna take favorites in every game this week, aren't you? I uh, well, I mean, we haven't previewed the pit game yet, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll so get that there. being said, yes, I am taking favorites in every game this week. You're we'll great. get there. Yes. Yeah, Cam, I mean, what you got? I mean, we'll get there, but I mean, just I really echo a lot of you guys' sentiments. I definitely think that North Carolina State is the better team. I think that AJ Dillon is the real determiner on the you know the on the line part i think that nc state's going to win if aj dillon plays i don't think nc state's going to cover i think it could be like a 27 24 type game if aj dillon does not play then i don't really see it being you know a, a contest you know at the end i think it's going to be a touchdown or more and i know i've said that a couple of times but i really think that teams that are the better teams in these matchups are pretty clearly so. Um, so, yeah, you know, you guys said a lot of, uh, of things about, you know, both teams. Like, yeah, it would have been great to see NC State against West Virginia, who's obviously a good team, uh, you know, with steroids McGee at quarterback. It would have been nice, you know, to, to see that. And, uh, you know, so with who? Oh, steroids McGee, you know, Will Greer, steroids McGee from Florida. He went over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I just want I just want to hear you call him that again, to be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, uh, in that whole thing when he got suspended and everything, he's like, well, you know, things happen. It's like, you did steroids, right? He's like, well, things happen. It was like, you did steroids. Like, I mean, hey, like, if, if you do it, then you do it. So steroids McGee at quarterback is playing really well. And um, that 13-year-old phenom, David Sills V, is catching everything in America, uh, thrown by, you know, in his in his – wingspan area so uh that would have been a really good game but either way i do think that nc state is the better team than boston college um and i think that you know with aj Dillon not being at 100 percent, i think that nc state is going to load the box and i think that they have the defensive secondary players to kind of uh contest the the catches at the point of catch down the field that anthony brown the boston college quarterback has been hitting all year because obviously if you're playing boston college the goal is to take away the run and make this quarterback throw and he's been able to do that. I don't necessarily see that being so successful against NC State, even though I do think there's going to be some success. I don't think it's going to be what was that Friday night game when they had five or he had five touchdowns like a couple weeks ago. Like, I don't think it's going to be anything like that. So definitely give me NC State. Um, if I assume that AJ Dillon's going to play, I'll take Boston College in the points. Um, so I don't think the NC State's going to cover on that. But uh, just know that I've said here, if A.J. Dillon is out on Saturday, that NC State is going to win and they're going to cover and we're going to move on with our lives. I would imagine at this point, if it's Wednesday evening and they're saying it's a game time decision, I think we just assume that he plays, but he's not 100 mm-hmm. percent. You know, it's like if they're still trying to decide, maybe he can, maybe he can't. But he, I mean, he won't be full effectiveness, 100 percent D train, you know, so it's. How much he impacts the limited? I, I just I've watched Anthony Brown this year, and he has played in five games. Four of them he has no picks. One of them he has four picks. Like I don't know which one we're gonna get. I lean closer to the four pick Anthony Brown than the no pick Anthony Brown. Um, even last week against Temple, he didn't throw any picks, but he was less than fifty percent completion. I mean. At some point, they're going to need him to step up and make some throws, and I'd like to think that NC State is going to be able to give him a hard time doing that, either rushing the passer or covering in the secondary. So I I think let's take NC State four and a half, but I, you know, I'm curious to see this game. I think this is a really good measuring stick game for both of these teams. Yep. Agreed. All right, last one, 12.20 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra. The Syracuse Orange, a three-and-a-half-point road favorite <laughs> – at Heinz Field, only only three and a half. Mike, tell us why you're taking Syracuse in this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pitt is so bad. They're so bad. I I wasted the so bad adjective on Louisville. Uh, so I'll use this one. Pittsburgh still trash, boys. Still really really trash. Um, hot garbage. Light it on fire. Stick it on your neighbor's front porch. <laughs> Not hot garbage, Mike. Wow. Oh, man, really, really bad team. Uh, I've, been, I've been trying to keep up with all the different types of fires I've been referring to teams as. Trash fire, grease fire. I don't think I've called anyone a tire fire yet, but Pitt might be a bit of a tire fire. Is that fair? Syracuse minus the points. <laughs> oh, my God. Eric Dungy is going to throw for at least 400 yards. And that's on the conservative side. This Pittsburgh secondary can't tie their shoes. This is going to be so 
so, so bad. Kenny Pickett, game manager. I, I feel like I say the same thing every week. Pitt is just so bad. They're terrible. How is this only a three and a half point spread? What are That's we doing what I'm here? Wondering. I don't what know. are we doing here? Syracuse went on the road last week, damn near beat Clemson, and we're sitting here the following week saying they're only three and a half points better than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's terrible. They're Let's a terrible it, football team. I'll I'll make it one step weirder for you. This game opened at Syracuse minus six, and the line has come down. Oh. What? Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> Who's betting Pittsburgh to play a close game at this point or to score with a team like Syracuse? I have something to say. It's not me. Syracuse by a <laughs> ton. A ton of points. Syracuse by a million. Pittsburgh. Um, just got anything to add? Anybody? Yeah, and I mean, I no, I, I agree with you. I just don't. And yeah, I don't think Pittsburgh's very good. And then, you know, I know that, you know, people are probably sick of me talking about Miami, but Pittsburgh was not very good last year. And they exposed Malik Rogier for being abjectly terrible. And that's why Miami's undefeated season came to an end last year against a bad team with a game manager quarterback because they packed the box and they stacked the line. They played press man across, man free across the board and said, Miami, Malik Rogier hit a throw, a throw, and then you guys can win. And he didn't. And this is the same kind of a team. You're seeing other teams doing to Pittsburgh what Miami should do to Pittsburgh, and I look forward to Miami doing to Pittsburgh the Saturday after Thanksgiving. All of that being said, Syracuse, I believe, is building something. I'm not saying there's going to be a championship contender, but they all are buying in to what Dino Babers is selling up there. Eric Dungy, and I was talking to another uh, journalist down here. Dude, he's bigger than I thought. I thought he was like in that Baker Mayfield six foot six one. He's like 6'3", 6'4", 215. Like, he's a big dude. When you see him quarterback run, think about, like, that thin outside backer. That's the size of this kid. And he can throw the ball all over the place. They scheme you. They do that, you know, Baylor spread. You know, that uh, Bowling Green that we talked about earlier who passed all over Georgia Tech last week. That's the guy or that offense that they're running there. Syracuse is running with better athletes than that. I don't think Pittsburgh has a snowball's chance in hell Give me yes. Syracuse. Yeah, hey, man, I'm all – hey, I, Mike, we are on the same wavelength this week. But Let's dude, go. Give, give me Syracuse by a lot. And I think that, you know, even through the heartbreak of losing at the end to Clemson last week, and I mean, because what Travis Etienne scored with like 30 seconds left or under 30 seconds left. So they played with the, you know, three-time defending ACC champion, three-time college football playoff, 2016 national championship team. They played with them for 59 and a half minutes and fell short. I think that that's not going to be a thing that they wallow in. I think that Syracuse is going to use that to rally around and say, look, if we bring our A game, we can we can contend with anybody. And this team across the way with their game manager quarterback and their stupid coach and their defense that doesn't know how to do anything, we're yes. going to blow them out. And I think that that's what's going to happen. Syracuse, and oh, only three and a half? Give me all. You could, you could have tripled that line, and I was still taking it at ten and a half. Give me that. <laughs> Let's go. Give me that. I, Cam, actually, you make a great point, and I have figured out why this line is coming down. This is a letdown game for Syracuse. No, so it's not. No, people Going- people think it is, and normally it would be. I think that especially, again, if you see all the, the post game, the win stuff, you know, when, when Syracuse beat Florida State, you see that talk. If you see when uh, Syracuse beat Clemson last year, you see that locker room thing, and you just see it getting tighter and tighter and more cohesive and everything. This would be a letdown spot normally. It's not this week. I just, I, I mean, I, I guess I, I see what people are seeing in it to some degree. And not to mention you're going to play in the relative library that is Heinz Field for Pittsburgh. Like, playing that game at 1220 at Heinz Field, there is going to be just no energy in that stadium, right? And it's going to suck the life out of them, and I could see that causing them a problem. The other thing that I know is that Pittsburgh can't score. Pittsburgh can't score. We we established a couple weeks ago they scored 35 points against North Carolina. That's still the second most points they've scored since Matt Canada left two years ago. Oof. In like 17 games now, they can't score. And that's what Syracuse is going to do best. And hell, if Eric Dungy finds a way to get himself hurt, which is always just, you know, flip a coin and if it comes up the wrong side, you never know. They've still got Tommy DeVito. Syracuse has looked decent with him too. Like they can score and they've looked good. There's only been one game this year that Syracuse hasn't won by at least two touchdowns, and it was almost knocking off the defending champs, ACC champs. 
right? Like, other than that, they kicked the crap out of Western Michigan, Wagner, Florida State, and Connecticut, like, convincingly. Syracuse is a really good team this year, I think. They're one of the better teams in the ACC. I'm with you. Give me Syracuse. I'll lay the three and a half happily. I would probably, yeah, Cam, I would probably lay two or three times that, even on the road and all that. I, I would do it. And you know what? I haven't made a pick of the week yet. Let's take this one. Let's lock this up. Orange minus three and a half. Let's do it. It sounds and like Cam and I Cam and I already locked it up for you, I think, you know? And <laughs> see this thing, I'm gonna let people in, you know, inside baseball for a second. When we were talking about picks of the week before the podcast, Joey said this one really quick, so he took it away from both of us. He's like, oh, so, so, so I'm taking Syracuse, right? So yeah, it was like, oh, dang it. But we're definitely all in agreement. Yeah. Like, yeah, two or three times this line, I would bet it, I would pick it. With my own money, and I wouldn't think twice about that. Yep. Let's, uh, it's not going to be close. Yep, Joey. Joey basically said to me, "Hey, Mike, thanks for logging in a little bit late. Uh, sorry, buddy. I got Syracuse minus three and a half. It's my pick of the week. <laughs> Suck it. Like, okay, you can have it. I'm betting it though. Like, I'm gonna bet it in real life. It's going right, and make money me. off of that in real life. Exactly. Yeah. My bank account thanks you for you know lowering yeah. that line to three and a half. <laughs> it's thanks. been it's been going real well for me the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to lose on this bet. I'll tell you that much." Hey, finders keepers, Mike. Finders Lock keepers. Lock it here. No take backsies on the Georgia Tech minus four, by the way. This is we'll even see. more this is even more of a lock than UCF minus 13 and a half against Pitt Ooh. last Saturday. This is more of a lock. Oh, oh wow. especially because of the number. I mean, like again, because that line could have been 13 and a half again this week. Okay, 13 and a half, I would have considered. Yes, I would have considered. <laughs> Yes. But again, three and a half times the line currently, three and a half would have been ten and a half. I would have bet that, and I wouldn't have thought twice. Like the, Pittsburgh's not good. Syracuse is going to win by a million. Everybody, take that to the bank or your local bookie or your bet online or whatever it is, and then just uh, whatever you want to do. You want to go out to that nice dinner or take your, you know, pull it or romantic partner out and you know splurge on them a little bit because of the money that you want on that bet. Just remember us, us, us here at the uh, the basketball conference podcast, and thank us later. As they say, Cam, you can bet this game like it's already been played. <laughs> yes. Yes. Since yes. I, I, we are hardly above cheap radio ads for betting services. <laughs> so. It's done. That's that's all we got this week, guys. Syracuse minus three is my pick of the week. Mike's got Georgia Tech minus four at Louisville. Cam has Miami minus 13 and a half at home against Florida State. Um, should be a fun week. I got a little bit of a uh, disagreement going here with uh, taking Wake plus 18 against Clemson and Louisville plus four against my own Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. But overall, I mean, again, only six games, but a pretty dense and fun slate, I think. We'll, we'll learn quite a bit about several of these teams. So uh, make sure you tune into these games. Cam, this has been a ton of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. It is always a pleasure having you on. And, and of course, a, a, an absolute treat to start Rivalry Week this way. Um uh, do you want to tell the people where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, man, definitely. It's uh, always a pleasure, you know, to come on with you guys. And I hope that you guys out there in podcast or video land are enjoying this as well. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Underwood Sports. The website is at the state of the U on Twitter. We're also stateoftheu.com. And I think it's the state of the U on Facebook as well. Uh, we have a rivalry, rivalry week story stream going on. Uh, we were talking about our favorite FSU players ever. What's up, Chris Ricks? 0-5 against Miami. Miss you, buddy. Um, and a variety of other things. So, yeah, whether it's, you know, on social or, you know, hey, if you have my phone number, stop by. Or if you're going to be at a game, I'm always tailgating before I go on the press box and everything. So lots of places where you can find me and hope that you do. And, again, you know, it's always a pleasure to catch up with my good friends, Joe and Mike. So thanks for having me. I say this every time you come on, Cam. If, if you're a Miami fan and you're looking for Miami coverage and you're not going to say to the U.com, you're doing it wrong. And I, I really appreciate that. We work really hard. So, uh, and I know that you guys wouldn't just lightly say that or anything, but yeah, I really appreciate it. We work really hard. We have a great staff. Uh, we have a diversity of thoughts. So we don't all, you know, uh, we're not all yes men and we don't all agree on things. I mean, just like, you know, Joey, Mike, and, and myself, we don't always agree on things in the podcast, but, you know, we try to bring uh, you some of the best coverage around. So I really appreciate that, guys. So stateoftheu.com, if you haven't messed with us and had gone over there before, check it on out if you're a Miami fan or even if you're a rival fan of another uh, ACC team, just to see, you know, behind the curtain of the Miami Hurricanes, see what's going on. Check us out. You might find something you like. Cam, just remember, diversity of thought is always good, but Malik Rozier truthers do not belong on your staff. <laughs> Yeah. I think and wait and we have one uh by the way and he 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 will you know send emails and slack messages and I just kind of roll my eyes but you know yeah he's uh you know Malik Rogier he did a, a very great job for us uh in the time that he did uh you know but he was always supposed to be a stopgap and I'm glad that that gap was stopped and then turned over to uh 
you know, Nikosi Perry and things like that. So, yeah, no more Malik or Rozier truthers. Uh, and if they do pop up, uh, you know, like a little little trolls or something, Mike and I will be there on Twitter to, to mash them down. <laughs> yep, we'll be there. Cam, you're the man. Appreciate it. Come back soon. Anytime, guys. I'll talk to you. All right, Mike, that's all we got. Uh, we got to get out of here. I got to go to Louisville and watch my team, uh, you know, just be in a I'm, I'm going to be in an emotional puddle the whole game. So yep. look out for me on TV. I'm sure I'll be on there. In the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. And once again, you can go follow Cam at the State of the U or at Underwood Sports on Twitter. Um, again, for all sorts of great Miami coverage. So go check him out there. Uh, Mike, they can send us an email with their questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Uh, They can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free, uh, potentially on Spotify, potentially on Stitcher or other places. I don't know. We're working on it, but only so hard. Mike, tell them where they can find us on the social medias. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there. Rate, review us on iTunes, too. Make sure you do that. Absolutely. Please do. We really appreciate those. Come on. Uh, find us on YouTube if you want. We post videos of these now. You just search for basketball conference. We don't have a fancy URL or anything, but you can see Cam in one of his, like, six billion Miami orange shirts. I think every time I've ever talked to him, he's been wearing one of those. I mean, duh. Like, I got to rep my squad. This one is uh, La Fuerza. That's the uh, student section shirt that we got in 2001, which is a national championship year for Miami. Um, but hey, 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 I have orange and I have green and white also. So it's not always orange. <laughs> well, hell yeah. Uh, all right. So go on YouTube and check that out if you want. And uh, other than that, Mike, I think that's all we got. Uh, you want to come back and recap these games when the weekend's over? We got to. We got to. Absolutely. We, we, we are. Uh, we are committed at this point. We're all in. We are. Yep. Let's do all it. In. All right. Well, enjoy the games. And until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, Mr. Cam Underwood, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.